1: Welcome in, Clay Travis, Outkick the Show. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday. Uh, as we get geared up for uh, so many different topics here, want to encourage you and remind you, go click uh, like, go click subscribe on the Outkick YouTube channel. We are rapidly advancing on 1.2 million subscribers. That is a big number. That is a rapidly growing number. Of course, you can find us on Rumble, Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram. There's uh, so many different places where this content uh, from us is being shared on a daily basis. And I expect that you guys will enjoy it. Uh, but that is where you can find us across the entirety of the Internet. All right, uh, latest. I want to start off here on the Biden crime family. Props to CBS News for covering and having an uh, interview with Shapley, who is the IRS whistleblower. I imagine a lot of CBS News uh, viewers were very subscribed, uh, very surprised to see those allegations aired yesterday. Buried in a New York Times story in the 21st paragraph was a significant revelation. That should have been the headline and should have been the lead on the story. The New York Times reported yesterday that they had confirmed that the uh, Department of Justice refused to allow charges to be brought against Hunter Biden in California relating to his tax crimes. This is a confirmation of the allegations brought forward by IRS whistleblower Shapley and a so far anonymous additional person in the IRS. This is now three people. It was independently confirmed to the New York Times by an additional individual. Why is this a big deal? Because Merrick Garland has testified that this did not happen. There now is at least three different individuals who are specifically saying that Merrick Garland lied under oath when he claimed there was no attempt to protect hunter biden from consequential punishments this could lead to mary garland being impeached removed from office and potentially facing criminal charges the fix was in the evidence is clear and transparent the new york times is even now reporting on it even if they aren't doing so via headline i read that entire story about the IRS whistleblower complaints in the New York Times, I got to tell you, this was crazy that they buried that revelation all the way down in the 21st paragraph when the headline should have been New York Times confirms that charges were blocked from being filed against Hunter Biden in the state of California. That further corroborates the allegations made by the IRS whistleblower. I don't see And I told you this on Monday, any way that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee for the Democrats going forward. But again, more and more evidence continues to build about the Biden crime family, including a $10 million demand for payment that also came out yesterday from Hunter Biden and his WhatsApp account, where Hunter Biden says, That no one is better at doing what China wants than the Biden family. Think about this for a minute. Hunter Biden is bragging that Joe Biden will do what the chief adversary of the United States wants if Hunter Biden is paid. 10% for the big guy, remember, uh, as it is alleged. Joe Biden is corrupt. Hunter Biden is corrupt. Joe Biden is the most corrupted American president in any of our lives. This actually makes Watergate look like jaywalking. Um, And I say that because Watergate, if you go back and look at it from a historical perspective, didn't actually change the outcome of any election. Right. What happened in 1972 in that election, and to be fair, I'm reading about this because this happened before I was born is Richard Nixon was caught engaging in, uh, in, in helping to cover up this break-in of the Watergate complex where they were trying to get information about who he was running against. None of this came out until after the election, but the information that was gleaned was not substantial because 1972 was not a particularly close election. Whereas what happened in 2020, Joe Biden, in connection with the FBI and big tech, And big media rigged the 2020 election in his favor. And that's why this is a big deal. And I want to keep hammering this home. You might have heard us talking about this with Senator Ron Johnson. But this is a big deal. So listen carefully. Because this is a little bit complicated. The FBI seized Hunter Biden's laptop from John Paul McIsaac at this laptop repair shop. In December of 2019. Okay, let me repeat this. They seized Hunter Biden's laptop in December of 2019. By a couple of weeks later, according to whistleblowers, the FBI had 100% validated that the laptop at that shop was Hunter Biden's. They had done the due diligence. They had done the research. They had verified that this laptop had been the possession of Hunter Biden, okay? All that's significant. Now, I want you to follow along with me here. When the election happened in October of 2020, none of us knew about this laptop at all until the New York Post broke the news in their story in October of 2020, okay? The FBI knew 100% with certainty that... Hunter Biden's laptop was, in fact, his. Yet the FBI allowed 51 high-ranking Democrat, primarily, intelligence officials to put out a letter saying that this laptop had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation and that it wasn't real. Joe Biden then used that letter as evidence of the fact that this laptop was not real, he said, In the debate, the FBI knew and had known for nearly a year that Hunter Biden's laptop was real. Why did they allow actual lies to be spread by the Biden administration when they knew the laptop was 100 percent real? That's a rig job. Someone, we don't know who, Maybe a group of people inside the FBI didn't just do that. They seeded the idea that there was going to be a Russian disinformation plot associated with the Hunter Biden laptop. So they actively engaged in misinformation, our own government, to spread the idea that the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't real when they knew with certainty nearly a year before, and had had this laptop in their possession for this entire time, that the laptop was 100% real. A question that I would love to see asked and examined more aggressively in our media, in our political sphere. Who knew, and who ordered the effective code red to pretend that this laptop was not real when our United States government knew with 100% certainty that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. That needs to be answered because how in the world can you have any confidence whatsoever in the FBI and their prosecution of justice when you know that they were willing to stay silent when direct lies were being spread in the 2020 election? The FBI could have come out and said, actually, this laptop's 100% real. When the New York Post story emerged, The FBI knew that the laptop was real, and they allowed the lie that it wasn't to be spread, which rigged the election in favor of Joe Biden. Just file it away. This is all part and parcel of why the judge in Delaware on July 26th must reject the plea agreement between Hunter Biden and the United States government. Because there has been clear obstruction of justice. This plea agreement is not being entered into in a legal way. It must be rejected by the judge who has oversight of this agreement. And let me get her name right. I believe I still have it uh, open here. I do. The judge in Delaware, and you've heard me mention this on Clay and Buck. I'm going to do it every day that I'm on air between now and July uh, 26th, her name is Mariela Norica, and she has been on uh, the bench for five years now. She has lifetime tenure, so there's no risk to her. She needs to do what's right and reject this plea agreement. If she does, Merrick Garland will have to recuse himself, and a special counsel will be appointed in this case to actually merit true justice. But she has to reject the plea agreement because otherwise Democrats are gonna try to sweep all of this obstruction, all of this criminal behavior under the rug and pretend that it never happened. Again, Mary Ellen Norieka, you are a University of Pittsburgh graduate, a Lehigh University undergrad in Delaware, she has to be willing to reject this plea agreement and stand up for justice and for the basic rule of law. Without any uh, doubt at all, this is not a plea agreement that should be ex- accepted on behalf of the United States government. It has to be rejected. Okay, a couple of other stories out there. Um, Sage Steele. I want to give credit to Sage Steele. Reports are that she has rejected a $500,000 settlement offer from Disney and ESPN. What has she rejected that offer for? Sage Steele was suspended for going on the uh, Jay Cutler podcast. Jay Cutler, by the way, my partner, gratis Beer. Best beer you can find anywhere all over the state of Tennessee. I think you guys are going to love it. It's fantastic. It's available all over the state of Tennessee. You can find it pretty much everywhere. My beer, Jay Cutler's beer. All right. Why did she reject this $500,000 settlement offer? Because ESPN suspended her for going on Jay Cutler's podcast and saying she disagreed with the COVID shot mandate. Disney slash ESPN required its employees to all get the COVID shot in order to continue to work at ESPN. The COVID shot for young, healthy people is actually worthless, and I encourage you to go read Alex Berenson's report uh, that he has up right now about both Japan and uh, I can't remember the other country, two different countries, Japan and uh, and one other country, where they have done a deep dive on whether people under the age of 50 suffered sudden death as a result of the COVID shot. And he says the evidence supports that that in fact is true. And that many people under the age of 50 suffered sudden death and deleterious consequences associated with a COVID shot that offered them no protection in which they never need needed. Um, And that's what Sage Steele said. Basically, there's no reason why this should be mandated woke Disney was furious at her for saying this on the podcast, despite the fact that they allow far left-wing political commentary from their uh, employees all the time. Woke Disney suspended, according to Sage Steele, her based on these comments, and now they are trying to buy her off because they have recognized that she has made a compelling legal argument. And so I give credit to Sage Steele for rejecting this $501,000 offer from Woke Disney to try to buy her off after they punished her for accurately saying there was no basis to require employees to get the COVID shot. Uh, good for Sage Steele. couple other stories. Argument for you here. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. <laughs> I saw this from my friend Paul Pabst, who works at, uh, he's uh, on the Dan Patrick Show, and I saw this tweet from him, and I thought it was worth sharing. In the last three years, Bryce Harper, one of the best players in Major League Baseball, has 56 home runs, 166 RBIs, and 29 steals. Uh, Okay, decent numbers. Mike Trout, this is up to and including this year, by the way. Mike Trout, one of the greatest players of his generation, has 65 home runs, 139 RBIs, five stolen bases. Okay, are you ready? Shohei Ohtani, 108 home runs, 259 RBIs, 48 stolen bases, and also, by the way, he's one of the best pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. Just to repeat, last three seasons, Bryce Harper, 56 home runs, according to Paul Pabst, Mike Trout, 65 home runs, Shohei Otani, 108 home runs. RBIs, Bryce Harper, 166, Mike Trout, 139, Shohei Otani, 259 RBIs. And then stolen bases, Shohei Otani, 48 Versus 29 for Bryce Harper and 5 for Mike Trout. This is not trying to take a shot at Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, two elite baseball players. But Shohei Ohtani also pitches. Okay? Argument. Shohei Ohtani is the most underrated pro athlete in the 21st century in the United States of America. Because what he is doing both with the bat and in pitching, is so far outside the bounds of what anyone else in sports is accomplishing. Shohei Otani is the most underrated athlete of the 21st century in the United States of America, and I'm not sure there's a close second. We are not talking about him enough. I don't know if it's a function just of baseball. Maybe if he were playing football, or basketball, he'd be getting more attention. But even still, I think that Shohei Otani, the data would reflect, is the most underrated athlete in the 21st century in America. We need to be talking about him more. We need to be discussing his excellence on a higher level. He could be the MVP and the Cy Young Award winner in the same year. This is flat out unbelievable that this could even be in consultation, that this could even be in discussion. He is Babe Ruth, except in the modern era. And that is even more unprecedented than what Babe Ruth accomplished in the old era. I'm going to start talking about Shohei Otani more. We're going to start writing about him more at OutKick. The single most underrated American athlete, American sports athlete. I know he's not born in America. American sports athlete in the 21st century, Shohei Otani, Come up with one who's even close to him in the most underrated aspect. Um, This is awful news, uh, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned it because so many of you vacation where I do. I go down, as you guys well know, uh, to the Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, For those of you who are not from that area, don't really understand where it is. It's basically from uh, the the Fort Walton Beach area, right? Although you can go all the way down to Orange Beach, right, Uh, in Alabama. Uh, That area, Gulf Shores, all the way down to Panama City Beach, is beautiful, uh, emerald coast, spectacular uh, beach. I think it's the best beach in the continental United States, that area. I've been to a lot of great beaches. I think it is the single best beach if you consider sand, if you consider warmth of water, if you consider overall surrounding community. Best beaches in the continental United States, in my humble opinion. It's also right now the deadliest beaches in the United States. And Ryan Mallet, many of you, Arkansas Razorback fans, or NFL fans of Ryan Mallett's talent. Ryan Mallett died 35 years old, drowning incident off the beaches of Destin, Florida. Um, this is continuing what is one of the deadliest beach uh, seasons that I can ever remember. Riptides. Seven, I believe, is the number right now. People died at Panama City Beach just down from Destin. Uh, over the, the the past few weeks, people are d- dr- dying and drowning at incredible rates. They've had a lot of double red flags up. But for people out there who are gearing up now that we are in the summer holiday season, everybody going on vacation, a lot of you may well end up on those beaches with yourself, your family members, be incredibly safe. And I'm not an expert on this. Fortunately, I have never been caught in a riptide. But do not, first of all, don't get in the water if it is a double red flag, okay? Don't get in the water if you see a double red flag. These riptides are wildly powerful, and they are killing people left and right all along the coast here, including Ryan Mallett. Rest in peace to he and his family and everybody who is uh, friends with him and connected with him in any way. Let his death be a lesson to many of you. Don't be risking your life and be unaware of the dangers from these riptides because even healthy and supremely athletic people, you saw with Peyton Hillis, who I know, Peyton Hillis, a great guy, he almost died trying to save two kids in this same area of the beach, right? This is the SEC beach A lot of Big Ten people go there, Big 12 fans, right? But SEC Beach in particular. So I know a lot of you are watching and listening to me who will be there this summer, including me and my family. Don't get out there on the double red flag days. And if you get caught in a riptide, don't fight it. Let it take you out, float out, and then try and swim parallel to it until you find an area where you can work your way back. Fortunately, I've never been caught in one of these, but I understand they tire everybody out. You're fighting against it. It's incredibly scary. Swim parallel until you can find somewhere where you can make your way back to the beach. Be safe. Look out for others. Certainly, if you are a parent, be as careful as you can about trying to take care of your children and protect them in the event that they find themselves in these conditions. But on red flag days, on double red flag days, certainly on double red flag days, $500 fine on the beach to even get in the water on these days, be careful. It has been supremely deadly. Doesn't matter who you are, you can get caught up in this too. Rest in peace, Ryan Mallett. Uh, But I wanted to make sure that I talked to you guys because so many of you are going to end up at this beach I want you all to be safe. Um, I saw this stat. Most under-discussed threat to the world. Got a thesis for you. It's actually underpopulation. If You look at places like Japan, places like Italy, a ton of different countries out there are dealing with a massive decline in population. China. A lot of people don't realize this, China's population has now peaked and is poised to collapse over the next several decades by up to half over many of the lives of people who are listening to this in theory or watching it in your lives. Okay, why is this important? We talk about all these threats to the United States, all these threats to the globe. I can't even pick up a newspaper without hearing about the threat from climate crisis. You know the actual biggest threat to humanity, in my humble opinion right now? Underpopulation. We aren't having enough kids. I've tried to do my part. I've got three that I know of. So my wife and I have replaced ourselves. The average woman around the world is not having enough kids. The population in the world has likely peaked, or it soon will, and instead of overpopulation, we are going to embark on a precipitous collapse in population based on what the data shows us right now. Big reason why I think I saw this, uh, I saw this uh, data point. You know, 25% of people who are 40 or older have never been married in the United States, according to the most recent Pew Research data. Most people, and by the way, 25%, and this number is growing. In 1980, it was 6%, okay? Why is this significant? One reason that people are having fewer children is people are getting married at much later ages, And when you get married at much later ages, in your 30s and in your 40s, you are having less opportunity to have children, right? Used to be people get married when they're 24 years old, they start having their first kids, 25, 26. I had my first kid when I was 28, okay? Relatively young, particularly young if you were, for instance, like me, somebody who went to grad school and graduated from law school. I'm glad that I had my first kid now when I was 28, as I get older. My oldest kid's going to be 16 in January. I'm going to have a college kid pretty soon. But that allowed us to end up having three kids because we started early enough that we could space them out. I would have more kids. I would have four. I would have five. I would keep having kids if I could. I feel still, even though I'm 44, I feel like I'm a decent dad at this age. I feel like I'm in decent shape. I feel like I've got a good 20 years to raise kids if I needed to. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. My kids are going to be, my youngest is eight. In a decade, they'll all be out of the house, in theory, off to college and beyond. But have kids. Have kids, particularly if you are fortunate enough to be able to afford multiple kids, have multiple kids. This is I my own life. I had to to, to, to argue I had to fight for us to have a third kid. It's one of the best decisions, maybe the best decision of my life. Might be the only time my wife would say to me, yeah, you know what? Clay was right. I'm glad he convinced me to have a third kid because she was good to stop it too." I pushed. I said, let's have a third. I think she would probably say, maybe the only thing I've gotten right in our marriage in 20 years, I think she would say the third kid was the right call. Uh, and that, that I was right. Certainly, I mean, I think she would say it was the best decision that I ever made that she agreed with. Have kids. Nobody's talking about it. There is a major population crunch and crisis that is, having, that is happening. If you are fortunate enough to be married and if you are fortunate enough to have the resources to take care of kids, have another one. That's my pitch to you today uh, because we're not talking about it enough, and I saw the data point from Pew Research on people getting married. Uh, not being married, getting into their 40s. Obviously, you can have kids without being married. I don't recommend it. Kids are a lot of work, but they are incredibly gratifying. Uh, I would encourage you, have kids. Underpopulation is actually, I believe, the biggest and least discussed threat to humanity that is out there. Finally, everybody's been talking about this shopping cart challenge. As in a good test of your uh, sort of morality is, do you return a shopping cart to the area where shopping carts are, uh, are parked in different shopping venues? Most memorably, I would say, or most prominently, grocery stores, right? This is where people would see Costco, certainly, but grocery stores. I Full disclosure, I've said this for a long time. You know, I only shop two places. I, I mean, I, I mean this. Well, I guess I could say three places if you want to go. I go to the, our local grocery store occasionally. My wife doesn't trust me. I'll go to the grocery store. Uh, I go to Amazon and I go to Costco. That's pretty much the only three places on the planet that I'd buy anything. I guess gas station, obviously, to fill up the car. Um, I think, ever and I teach my kids this return your shopping carts. It's a simple test. Do you have a baseline level of willingness to do a relatively minor thing that helps the overall environment around you? Will you return a shopping cart? I do. I teach my boys to return shopping carts. To me, it is a great test. In how much you care about the larger environment because you don't have to do it. And I understand if you're out there and you say, I'm 85, it's hard for me to walk. I have difficulty getting in and out of a store. If you have health-related conditions, that is an exception. Everybody is talking about the shopping cart challenge. Basic humanity, to me, requires that you return your shopping cart. If you are not doing that, I think that you are a drag on larger society. All right, I love all of you. By the way, this is a shirt that I'm wearing, if you can see it, uh, in honor of White Leach. Uh, I've I've had this made a while back, uh, but that is if you're looking right now and you're like, what in the world does Clay's shirt have? It is uh, Mike Leach. That is the pirate underneath Starkville. Rest in peace, uh, Mike Leach. Uh, I'm going to miss him immensely as college football season gets closer and closer. DBAP and let you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Show.